0: Welcome back to the Unanimous Decision Podcast. I am your host, D-Palm. Follow me on Twitter at D-Palm66. Follow the show on Twitter at U-D-Pod. Follow the entire MTR network at, you guessed it, the MTR network. You found us. Don't you dare lose us. Subscribe on Spotify. Subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe everywhere. You get your podcasts for free. 99. Leave that five-star review. We'd love to see it. We're back. And we're back, and did you guys know, like, in the midst of all the football, the NBA not only started, but it's been super fun? Because I don't pay attention to things. I, of course, have already paid for the league pass. Thank you, Amazon. Um, so, I'm ca- I've been catching up the last week. Lots going on out there, and I figure who else better to talk about it with than the good homie, from the Three Fist Podcast. Justin, what's up, man?
1: How's it going? How's it going?
0: It goes, man. It, it goes. It's been a very, very interesting week. Like, it's, it's... It's kind of sad because it's the end of football, and other sports are great. And I love other sports. I love basketball. I've been have so much fun with the playoffs this year. I love WNBA. Baseball happens and takes up a lot of time. Um, but there's nothing like just once a week setting aside a couple hours and just turn on the 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 most primitive part of your brain and watch people get hit. And I yeah. love the strategy, I love the 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 ins and outs of the game, but at the end of the day, you get to watch people get hit, and that's inherently fun.
1: So little guy is now at the age where he can appreciate people getting hit. Like before, it was football is fun because they score touchdowns and do funny dances. Mm-hmm. He is now at the age where he saw he saw Fred Warner decleat somebody, and he said, "Oh!" and I was like, "Huh? Oh, I, it is time."
0: I, there's been a lot of football in Matthew's five months. <laughs> <laughs> I- I don't. I don't know how this is going to end up, like. But I do acknowledge a preponderance of, and and his propensity to whatever he's doing, stop doing it and lock eyes with the football on the screen. I'm like, that's not great. But he's five months old. It's not going to count. No going to remember it anyway. Um, I'm glad you're here, man. I do want to talk to you about a lot of things. I don't know if you heard last week's podcast with Jason Kirk. Um, I did. I am most of the way through that book. God damn Cuz nice. so <laughs> I wasn't raised evangelical, but I was raised evangelical adjacent like I knew these people in this book.
1: Yes. Okay, so kindergarten first and second grade I went to a Catholic private school. So that book unlocked a lot of memories that i didn't realize i i don't want to say repressed i just want to say forgot you, i'd you, forgotten
0: they they remained uninvestigated because they were not for they didn't stay in stick none of it stuck so none of it like molded. maybe it did but not in a way that's obvious so like you're able to kind of just push it back but when you read the book you're like oh right oh yeah <laughs> There's a lot of that Um, I recommend it to everyone. It's a fantastic book. Again, if you have tickets to the reading or the show in Atlanta, I'm going to be doing a reading as one of the Caleb's. Um, If you didn't get tickets, the tickets sold out so fast because it's a very big niche podcast. Um, Let's get to the topics of the day. First things first, the NCAA has decided to uh, try to (laughs) enforce some level of NIL law. (laughs) There's a parable about a horse in a barn, but Justin, is fighting Tennessee as an institution going to work out for them?
1: No. No, it is not. And they couldn't have picked a worse school to go after. Now I'm going to tell you why. Like, no, audience, you're probably thinking, oh, they could have gone after Alabama. They could have gone after Clemson. What makes Tennessee so bad about this? Because they literally have nothing else to do.
0: They have nothing. That's what I need. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> I was trying to explain this. And I was like, you don't understand. Like, Tennessee has a law school. Yes, they, that has generated numerous lawyers who have waited, who have, nay, I say, prayed for the day if the incidentally come talking, and that they can offer their services at some would say below market rate.
1: There, there is the a second year. There is oh, a man. second year law student right now. Office hours with his with their professor. Hey, man, look, I know this thing is coming up. I know they're going to talk to you about it. I'm just saying, I can, I can be here. I can help out. Can you, can you imagine being in law school? Being a, at a prestigious law school at that, and being able to put on your resume, assisted in Tennessee versus the NCAA. Does
0: the NCAA know this ends like like this ends with the NCAA not existing or like admitting admitting <laughs> they can't do? They don't have subpoena power. Like that's nope. first and foremost, they don't have it. And so, anytime somebody NCAA catches someone, know that somebody snitched. It's just that's first and foremost. Secondly, you're trying to enforce rules when the schools asked you to do it in the first place. <laughs> they were like, hey, you don't do anything. We give you money. So could you do this thing and like kind of regulate this thing that we know is coming because calling our players student athletes is only going to work for so long. And the something was like, mm, we'd rather not.
1: We'd rather not. And
0: now... This other story, which I forgot to write down, the SEC and Big Ten are forming a panel to discuss the good, the things that should happen for the good of the sport. And I'm like, hey guys, I really need someone to explain to me what the NCAA does.
1: They put on a fine tournament in March. That's what they do.
0: They do run that thing, so don't they?
1: Uh, Again, until ESPN prize it from their cold, dead hands because
0: and dead they could be soon, like legitimately. <laughs> when the SEC and the big thing are like, No, no, no we'll just figure it out ourselves. Yes, Justin, that, that's
1: that should terrify Mark. It's still Mark Emmert over there, right?
0: It doesn't matter
1: if yeah, it's not it really Mark doesn't.
0: Emmert, it's Mark Emmert, another thing. It's it's another <laughs> it's fine. call him something else, Mark Emmert 2.3. doesn't matter because. This ends with the Big Ten and SEC taking their balls and leaving. Yes. Yes, it does. From them and looking the- up and saying, oh, we don't need you, even in an administrative capacity anymore.
1: We can negotiate TV deals ourselves.
0: We've done it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we have done it.
0: Hey, here's a fun game. Go find me an NCAA logo at the uh, in any of the playoff games. Ooh, you cannot. You can't because they don't do the playoff. They have nothing to do with the playoff. And in an atmosphere where, let's say, um, we know certain punishments are coming from a team that may or may not have won a national title this year. We know for a fact, because Jim Harbaugh wrote it in his maybe wannabe, give me leverage <laughs> San, not San Diego, LA, a contract offer from Michigan that leaked because they wanted to humiliate him. And they wanted to show that they're, Their fan base that they tried. Knowing that those are coming, would it not behoove these two leagues to just say, fuck it, we're out.
1: So here's, here's my question. What's to stop Michigan? Like the sanctions come down, whatever. What's to stop Michigan from saying, okay, cool, I don't acknowledge that. We don't acknowledge your sanctions.
0: Like this is where like suing Tennessee and that, like there are flashpoints that are built into the system that, So you and I both read Jonathan Hickman's Fantastic Four run. Yes. One of my favorite parts of that run is, and stare with me, non-nerds. I I promise you I'm going to land this. It's called catastrophe theory. It's that a system is designed to withstand a a number of catastrophes the system is strong enough. But cascading ones in rapid succession can crush a system. These two, plus the recent ruling from yesterday with the NLRB determining that Dartmouth basketball players are employees – Individually, these stories are nothing. Individually, stories are something. But the Northwestern case got further than the Dartmouth case did. Has gotten so far. But these three events happening in absent session, Justin, could we see a system level catastrophe that it can't withstand? Yes. No. It's coming, and it will come on
1: the heels of that panel. Because like it, it, it's happening now. Like all these, li- all these little things. The only thing that the NCAA had going for it was the schools bought into the idea that they needed them for something. But now the one thing that they needed the NCAA to do, which was save them from the boosters that wanted to throw a bunch of money at kids. Now that they can't even do that anymore, it's like, well, why do I need you? Because you couldn't even stop. You couldn't stop the boosters from giving kids money. The boosters are now
0: giving kids money. You had one job. Literally one job. Keep the kids broke. Because when they had money, they had options. And what did you do? You fucked it up. One job. Now, if the
1: NCAA were proactive instead of reactive they would have seen the horizon coming and they would have negotiated with all the schools to institute a sort of salary cap it
0: wasn't a horizon, motherfucker they begged the ncaa (laughs) to do they were like please do your job they were like we're too busy counting money to build rules handle it yourselves you fools and then they handled themselves by being the goddamn wild west and now here we are where they're like well now we'd like there to be rules and an entire backcountry of lawyers is going to assault the NCAA who, honest to God, had, um, what's her name, Amy Barrett Comey looking like a goddamn road Scholar during those, those <laughs> cases. She's asking questions like, do you mean that you don't pay them at all? <laughs> when you have
1: lost Amy Barrett Comey,
0: she's just like asking but that's the thing i've always explained people about college sports like if you explain college sports to someone who has no vested interest it sounds batshit insane like once every three years there was a new york times op-ed where like a smart person would stumble across football on a saturday and start asking like logical fucking questions and no one could answer them in a substantial manner and so now it's gotten to the point where it's like oh this isn't a once every three year article now. This is the front page of blogs and players who have social media accounts and players who are making money, which, if anything, it's not replacement for paying the players. It is not actual compensation for their efforts. What it is is an object study on stolen value from players who had who should have had that same opportunity. Right. People and- say, oh, that's not fair. The entire Utah team is getting trucks or some shit. Guess what, kids? Without a backup right guard, you don't have a fucking football team. You don't have Saturdays. Every player who generates income for their university should be un- enumerated, and it should not fall to Booster to do so. That TV money that they're angling to get by creating two super goddamn conferences, <laughs> that only exists if you have a backup slot corner. At Vanderbilt. I want everyone to understand that this is bigger than the idea that kids could get money. Motherfucker, they should.
1: Because the product you are watching does not function without them.
0: And we're going to go right into the next topic because I'm going to leave the gridiron and go to the indoor gyms because I want to talk about women's college basketball. The only college basketball text I've gotten this year has been motherfucker LSU and South Carolina are going at it. Turn on your TV. And guess what? They were not talking about no men's game.
1: No. And I think I've said this on here before. What the men's game lost when the NBA did the one and done rule the women's game preserved. So like when you're rooting for these teams, you have time to get attached. We got to know Angel Reese. We got to know Caitlin Clark. We got four years of Aaliyah Boston. Like we get to know these kids. We get attached to them. We get attached to these programs. The coaches are stars and they're not just faceless suits trying to run a program. Hi, Gino. We see you, Gino. I, I feel, no, I don't feel bad because UConn recruit like the kids that play. You kind of find their head coach is a ghoul and a, goblin, and every time they lose, just His makes ghoulishness
0: me. works. He's like, yes, Belichick's a jackass, but when he wins, he wins. Like, yes, he's a ghoul. He's a ghoul who I believe is not acting. I believe yes. his ghoulishness <laughs> is, is legitimate and earned. I believe every inch of what he is selling me. I will tell you this. We do not, and I repeat, do not talk about what we're talking about on this podcast. I don't believe in that. I don't produce my friends. We come on, we talk about the shit that's on my mind. I got a list right here of things to read off of. The thing that says under Women's College Basketball is everything men's college basketball has ever claimed to be because you and I are in the exact same <laughs> mind of this because it's so funny because for years it was, and I, th- I want to challenge part of your presumption that it's also something to do with the one and done thing. Name the one and done in college right now.
1: Name the guy. Oh, there isn't. There is That's not the that thing. guy.
0: I'm not. I'm not willing to blame that rule on what's happened in men's college basketball. That's for me. That's easy because, yes, but like it's just it's just if you if you're gonna recruit against that and recruit around that you don't have that you adjust. They they were able to do that one and done thing and still have teams that were stories that were compelling. I think a lot of what you said about coaches being personalities and, and and not just empty suits that has a lot to do with the affection for the sport. They're running those guys out. You're watching those guys leave men's college basketball. Yeah. Or drive themselves out, Huggy Bear. Shout out. <laughs> but, like, with the women's game, the, it's still that first generation of, like, not the first generation of coaches that made an impact, but the first ones that were national faces. Because for years yeah. it was Gino and Pat. I mean, that was it. And then you'd have a couple of people bubble up here and there, and they wouldn't have staying power. And because there's been so many inroads in investment in the women's game, these hotbeds are popping up, and they're not going away. Yeah, South Carolina is not a one year story. LSU no. is not a one year. St- Stanford is not a one year story. So, like the fact that these other, um, and I and I, I struggle using the word dynasty because it feels like we're at the beginning of something, but these tentpole powerhouses. Well, one
1: one of them with, is a dynasty.
0: Well, one of them. Like, what? But, but, but I'm saying without the without drawing without saying. Oh, these other teams have stepped back. It feels like everyone else has stepped up. If you know what I'm saying. Yes. College football no, yeah, is yeah, like yeah. the opposite, where the rich have gotten richer, and the the like FSU fans, you were happier with your team 20 years ago, full stop. You know you were. Yes. And I feel like in college women's basketball, the opposite's at play.
1: Yeah the the talent gap, because like when you talk college sports, it's largely a talent gap issue that is shrinking in women's college basketball. Like, yes, you still – like, the top team is head and shoulders above everyone else, but that mid-tier – so your mid-tier is going to be Iowa, USC, UCLA, Stanford, Notre Dame, Virginia Tech. Any of those teams can beat each other,
0: right? Like, they're, on they're on a given night. They can beat a team above them, too, and I think that's what makes it so interesting and intriguing and so compelling. You're right. The personalities have been – well-established, and well-ingrained, and well-educated. We've learned about them because, truth be told, the, their tournament's better than the men's tournament. Yeah. And it has been for a while. It's a better product. I think part of that is men's basketball is so talented that the top end is so good in the, American, in the United States right now. The women's game is finally catching up with like that. not just the top end talent, but the level is rising all these other tides. Yes. You don't have – because there's only so many roster spots. The same thing about the WNBA when I'm like, when, if you go watch a WNBA game, game live, the level of play is so high because half their draft picks don't make teams because there's not enough spots. And because they've created more spots, and the spots have had more invested in them because of, paradoxically, the incoming TV money that these players aren't getting paid with. <laughs> there you go. I just I I realized I was back at this place. Like, all right, I'm about to tap the TV money because it's it's but this is what happens. Like it, it it helps the sport, and then at a certain point it's gotta help the players. And you hear the story about Caitlin Clark maybe using her COVID year to get another year. Hey man, you know what? This sounds stupid and small, and maybe it is. But I women's basketball existed before Caitlin Clark as soon as this afterwards. She's a huge part of the story right now. I would love to see her get to the WNBA as soon as possible and really take her star while it's its brightest and shine a light on the work that's being done in that league.
1: I personally would love for her to take that you to keep her away from Aaliyah Boston in Indiana. Personally for me. Because Caitlin <sighs> sure. Clark, Caitlin, all right, consider Caitlin Clark, Aaliyah Boston. Like that team, Amy
0: and the team is so good. Like quietly, like, <laughs> oh, when they figured it out everyone's in a lot of. I think I saw Leah Clark's like fourth game in the league last year. And yes, I watched and I'm just like, oh no, oh we are about a step and a half away from this being a real problem for everyone.
1: At as someone that has watched two decades of Tim Duncan, I saw two games of Aaliyah Boston in the W. I said, oh, I've seen this movie before. No, mm-mm. no, 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 no. She don't is a her, literal don't child. Her, don't give her
0: a wing. Don't give her a wing. She
1: is a literal child doing this to adults. She had Asia Wilson in hell. Asia Wilson was looking at this night, this twenty-one-year-old, like, "What the? F-?
0: What are we going to do about that? Well, what are we going to do about <laughs> this?"
1: <laughs> now the, the the women's game on the the college and pro game. It is so talented. It is so much fun to watch. And I am excited for that tournament because if things break right, a lot of the stories that were built, everything is wrestling. That's that's one thing you have taught me. Everything is wrestling. Storylines are not just for one year. Storylines are not just for one season. You build out a story over multiple years. You build out a story over multiple shows. You build out a story over multiple tournaments, right? Right. The Caitlin Clark story doesn't end with the LSU loss, no. nor does it start with her beating South Carolina. It's all the moments in between those and then the moments after that. So, this next tournament after Iowa, also, Iowa might not win that conference because if anyone's been watching Iowa basketball, they are literally held together by the willpower of Caitlin Clark. And some nights it's, nice it's enough,
0: it's, it's a lot of will. In yes, Vince, I've seen her do things. I'm just like, well, that doesn't seem very fair. But then I look around. I'm like, well, she has to. She doesn't have a choice. Like, like
1: she put up, she put up. What was it? A 40 point game, and they won by three. And I was like, so, oh, you have to do these like things. You
0: have no options. Otherwise, <laughs> if I don't do this, we lose. That's this is Allen Iverson, the finals year. Yeah, so I drop 50 because they needed me to drop 50. Next question.
1: I I, I came all the way so. Again, because how media latched on to people and biases exist when, Kay- when the Caitlin Clark hype was building, I was like, okay, yeah, whatever. I've seen this before. It wasn't the South Carolina game where I turned around on her. It was the game before that where she just went nuclear and they won by seven. I was like, oh, you do these things because you have to. Okay, no, I get it. I, I actually, th- it's, this it's- is something else.
0: I mean, there's there's one two behind it. I believe that yes. she's got that in her. Like, they could be better, and she'd still try to do this to people. She's trying to embarrass you, but yeah, it's also a lot of necessity. It's a lot of it's this. <laughs> you know what it is? It's Steph Curry this year on the Warriors. See that? That's what I was thinking. That that is the comp I was going to make because I want to talk about the NBA because man, I'm getting cut up, and uh, I want to start in your home because <laughs> your wife's a Knicks supporter. And I can't imagine this time has been fun for you. So, okay, the Knicks are good, categorically. No, no, no. The Knicks are on a fucking heater. I don't know if they're good. I'm not willing. Good, I'm not willing to say yet. They are on a heater, and New York fans are coming out of the woodwork like goddamn bedbugs in one of your shitty hotels. (laughs) And this whole time, Tiff has just been like, no, I'm off that.
1: They, they cannot bring me back. I've seen this story before. They're just going to – this only ends in heartbreaking R- sadness. You, will
0: you remind me of this conversation Raheem Morris peels off like three straight wins? Like, I need someone <laughs> to be like, Daniel, just because the a black coach in front of this team does not make them not the Falcons. No, no. <laughs> I'm going to remind you
1: of another, of another conversation we've had.
0: The, the, I'm going to go remind back. you. Look,
1: enjoy the good times while they last. You don't know when the bottom's going to fall out, baby.
0: I can't go back. I can't, do that. <laughs> I, was not involved. I can't expose my child to that. <laughs> what if he grows up want to be a Falcons fan? I can't do that to the you people. What?
1: That, it builds character. It builds
0: character.
1: Would you rather him learn disappointment from life or from the Falcons?
0: Life. You can learn and grow and change with that. Falcons, you just sit in it. It just happens. You can't do nothing about it. You can't You can't change your behavior. <laughs> if you're just a Falcons fan, you're just stuck in this shit. Uh, again? Today is the anniversary of 28-3, to 3, motherfucker. Like, ooh, oh, like, my God. <laughs> <laughs> my son uh, ne- never. Not in this house. I'll, look, he can love who he wants to love. What he wants to do. I support my son. Not no Falcons fan. Not in this house. Not on my watch. Sleep in the streets. So this next fan. Yeah. Yes. Your wife is, I'm glad she's inoculated. I'm glad she's standing strong. Do you believe, before I ask the question I've written down, you and I have, you have done. you and have done this for a while. We we're sports fans. That coach. He is <laughs> who hey, he man. is. <laughs> hey, so for those who don't know, Tibbs has a signature. And his signature is running his goddamn teams into the ground and times that it doesn't really matter. To the point where when the playoffs come, these teams usually don't have another level to hit. Justin, have you found a team he can't burn out? And is he taking that as a challenge?
1: (laughs) He is taking that as a challenge. No, there isn't one. Point to your young – you're probably thinking, oh, the Oklahoma City Thunder, they're young. He can't burn them out. Example given, Derrick Rose with the Chicago Bulls. Help, he will find a way.
0: He broke Derrick Rose for knew he was a rapist. Man, that's <laughs> crazy. Um, So, knowing the coach's propensity for what he does, knowing how top heavy the East is, is, and I say this like kind of like, I don't know, I feel weird saying it out loud, but if Jalen Brunson's your number one player in this Eastern Conference, we'll talk about Joel Embiid in a second, Is a second round out like the best you can hope for just because of the limitations on having that size player be your star? And I don't want to – I'm not hating. I'm not saying Jalen's not – look, it's happened twice in NBA history. A player of that size has led a team to a title by himself. It's Zeke, and it's probably the last Warriors run. Yeah, that's it. Iverson got there with Mutumbo, Eric Rose, and Aaron McKee. And, then and he got stepped on, he,
1: and he did, he did his best. He did his My best. My god, he did his
0: best. He got that one, he got one game. It took everything he had, but he got the one. And so, I ask, like, Am I being unreasonable by saying I'm happy for Knicks fans because I legitimately am? But this story ends very similarly to the things we've seen before
1: it does and i think what people have to understand when it comes to the nba playoffs it's a seven game series right three game series even a five game series randomness and wackiness can happen in a seven game series the best team will usually win and your limitations are on full display in a seven game series you can't hide in a 7 game series. So and the thi- the things that the Knicks do well are going to show up, but their deficiencies are going to be put on front street when they catch
0: which has like, happened the last 3 years of playoff runs. So like that's yeah. why I'm yes, I think we found a new level of what Jalen Brunson can be in a regular season. But if I can't reliably get off a high percentage shot in crunch time of a playoff game, and that's your star guy, There's a cap. There's 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 a ceiling on this.
1: Yeah. And again, that's that's not saying Jalen Brunson is bad because a a lot of Knicks fans get defensive when you talk about a New York
0: resident getting defensive about something you may or may not have said. (gasps) So, oh my stars and garters, as a as a noted uh, (laughs) war war criminal (laughs) said once. (laughs) Oh. But what
1: we are saying is, there are limitations to him and his play style, and the Knicks as a unit mm-hmm. that are going to show up when they catch the Heat in a seven-game series.
0: Why do you say the Heat? The one because they're I've kind of tailor-made to beat it. To the one them. team I've lost all faith in in the East. I don't know. I just I don't see it. I don't. The trade for who did they trade for Terry. What are we yeah. doing? We passed on Cap Terry contracts.
1: Cap space. I, yeah. I, I,
0: Y'all cheat. We're talking about the Knicks. Let's talk about someone who was passive-aggressive with the Knicks because it's that time of year, kids. LeBron James, passive-aggressive season is here. We made it. It's deep in the years right before the All-Star break, right before trade deadline, when he says something's got to happen. Justin, is anything going to happen? There's only one thing that could happen,
1: and I don't know if they should do it or not.
0: You're gonna right. say trade LeBron, aren't you?
1: Well, they can't trade LeBron, doesn't he have that no trade clause he in does his contract? Not. Really?
0: The thing is, Clutch basically runs the Lakers, so not well. That's all so that's not a no-trade no clause. That's what okay. i so,
1: <laughs> Here's what should happen, then. Yes, they should trade LeBron James. Here's what realistically could happen.
0: I'm trade on De- you know my last next.
1: Like realistically, what should happen, what could happen is they trade D'Angelo Russell and get a point guard like a De'Jounte Murray or. But I don't know if they should do that because D'Angelo Russell isn't the problem with this team. The problem with this team is you have a bunch of wings that have trouble getting their own shot and you're dependent upon LeBron James being the best version of himself and Anthony Davis being the best defender in the league to contend, like to compete. Right. The problem is, the roster is... like I don't want to say the roster is bad. The roster is poorly constructed. That's the problem. It is a poorly constructed roster.
0: A lot of redundant skill sets that don't work very well.
1: Like, Rui Hachimura and all of those other wings are basically just other versions of Rui Hachimura. So, like, what are you... That's a really good point.
0: <laughs> a whole I, bunch of Ruis. <laughs> yeah, and it's not like Rui is bad. Rui's, no, it's just, Rui, No, it just... it is it is. You don't need too many Ruis
1: you need like two, two, yeah, two like, what are
0: two.
1: Um, so the, the, there is a lot of redundancy on that team. G- getting rid of LeBron for assets is probably the way to go, so you can start this Ooh.
0: rebuild. I'm sorry, are you new to this? The Lakers don't rebuild, so like this whole like thinking the Lakers are going to be like some middling franchise that figures it out along the way. No, if they blow it up, they're blowing up for a reason, and the rumor, and not the rumor. The thing that Windhorse had to say specifically wasn't the case, which makes you, of course, think it is the case, said that LeBron's not, not interested in going to New York. For like RJ and because and some cap moves. Like there's there's an undercurrent.
1: Is it weird that LeBron makes New York worse if they give up what I think they have to give up to get him?
0: Okay, so. You're gonna dislike this because I think it makes them so much better. Because we'll talk about the Embiid injury in a second. We'll talk about what's happening with the Bucks next, or in a second as well. And like, I'm not saying the Celtics are shook at the very sight of LeBron James.
1: I had not considered that. But You're historic. absolutely correct. <laughs> You're absolutely correct. No, yeah. I, I think. That this current incarnation of the Boston Celtics, the same Boston Celtics we saw quit in the game six at home against a wounded yes, Golden State team. I, I can't get over that. They quit. They were down like seven and said,
0: well, we're going home now. That's enough of that.
1: <laughs> um. Yeah, no. I, I. Until the only way Boston can make me believe in them is if they actually play like a seven-game series all out. Like play Play seven straight games. If
0: they played all out, they wouldn't need seven. That's the Fair. thing. Fair. If they played all out, if they were mature enough, and I hate doing this, but that's how I feel. If they were, yeah, if, if the if the guys who were, who were supposed to be leading it had greater composure at those moments, public composure, maybe internally they're stalwarts, I don't know. But the way it looks from the outside, I would like to see some more, personally. Um, you don't think the New York thing's – the New York thing's a fun story every time he comes up because it, it's just – I think you shouldn't play with those people. They've been hurt through a lot, New York Knicks fans. But I do think it's funny to, that LeBron like wears the Knicks color, colorways when he plays there. <laughs> I think it's just cute. A um, little bit further down the eastern seaboard – Joel Embiid's out for a while. And I say that with sadness in my voice because he was putting on a year, an actual factual follow up an MVP year with something like, with a message year. And there's chirping that maybe the 65 game rule was to do with him playing when maybe he shouldn't. Do you think that this new ruling is to blame? Or is it a larger, just kind of a usage thing?
1: the new rule certainly didn't help. And like, I don't like that rule. Like I, I, I'm not a fan of saying you got to play X amount of games to hit your contract incentives for a year. Like that feels icky and gross to me. And I feel like someone with a better handling on union.
0: Speak, for lack of how, a better how word. How many MVPs have ever won it when won work, when they didn't play 65 games? And it wasn't a, a, a striker in a strike tournament season.
1: I'm going to say maybe one, if that. Bill Walton. Oh, yeah, that was one. It's
0: the only one. And so I thought that they created artificial pressure for a problem that wasn't a problem.
1: Well, so not only is the problem not a problem, the logic behind the air quote problem is one that they have generated. Mm-hmm. Right. They being media, they being the the powers that be, have said they put all this emphasis on championships and rings, right? Mm. These are the things that matter. Okay, cool. The players internalize that. If these are the things that matter, I want to make sure that I am at my best when it matters. That means preserving my body on games that air quote don't. Yes, every game matters when it comes to seeding, but there are some games where I can say, hey, This matchup on this road trip, I can rest my body so that I'm
0: at peak condition for the playoffs. Right? I think that's super important because people need to realize these guys aren't just like, I don't feel like playing it. It's a calculated decision to bank rest so that when the playoffs come, you don't fall apart and you are capable to do what your team needs you to do in those crunch times. Um, I just think it's weird. I think it's weird to put the number on it. I think that it's injurious. I think that the fact that Trey Young's not an all-star is – blasphemous. Um, that was just a personal thing. And because I know you're going to torture me with threats to take his other his running buddy, what are your Spurs doing and what's the plan there?
1: We're going to give Kelvin Johnson to the Hawks and you're going to give us the Johnson Murray. That's the plan.
0: Um, That's not funny.
1: <laughs> I'm not joking.
0: I know. <laughs> so, okay.
1: The, the real reason for what the Spurs are doing. This year is a let's figure out how everybody plays and exists together year. You saw that with the Point Sohan experiment where we said, hey, Let's see if Jeremy Sohan can play point guard. If he can, cool. We've got another Boris Diaw. If he can't, eh. What if we really lost because we weren't going to truly compete in the playoffs this year? The Spurs have this problem because their four best players cannot exist on the court at the same time. They just can't. Jeremy Sohan, Keldon Johnson, Devin Vassell, and Victor Webinyama cannot exist on the court at the same time together. I saw it happen once. I actually saw it happen live. We went to see the Wizards game. They were all out there together. It is so bad bad spacing wise. I was like, okay. Like I, in my head, intellectually, I understood they all couldn't exist together. Then I saw it happen. And I said, oh yeah, no, this is actually awful. This is actively bad. (laughs) So we have to, we have to figure out either how to change one of their skill sets so that they can exist or get one of them. And it looks like Keldon's comfortable coming off the bench, which is great. Um, but the real answer I think is going to end up – we're going to end up shipping off Keldon for assets to get like a veteran. I don't think we take another year trying to figure out the young guys. I think this this year is to figure out the young guys' year. And then off season, bring in veterans. If we don't bring in DeJounte Murray, um, then we'll see what happens in free agency. I don't think when we get that number one pick again, that we're actually going to use it. I don't care what everyone says about that kid in France. We're not spending that. We're going to ship that off for assets and try to get a veteran. Um, mainly because we just got to talk about redundancies. He's another so We, we would have three at that point. Too
0: many. That's too many. It's one too many. Um, can you make me believe in the Clippers quickly? Because I don't. Because nope. I, like I said, at 39, I want to take it back. I was wrong earlier. They've been to one conference finals when? in my lifetime time, 2021. Them and the Suns. Uh, that was a conference finals, wasn't it? Feels yeah. Right. I looked it up. I was like, I feel wrong. Yes, they've been to the one. They've never won one. Um, so so don't believe. Um, part of the reason I don't believe is like generational. Like I've been here long enough to watch them fail. And also because... I feel like once Doc Rivers is on you, like it's on you. You can't really get it off, which makes you wonder, like, <laughs> like, the Bucks were mad they lost in the first round last year. Is the plan to go one more round every year? Because I, mean, I don't think Doc can make it to a conference finals, even with that team.
1: So my issue with the Clippers is what it has been since Kawhi got there. They have no big. I'm sorry, Zubac is their big. That's bigs. not a formula for... Bigs. <laughs> I'm sorry. Joshua Primo was on this team. Anyways. Oh. That... Wow. That's a discussion for another day. Anyways. They have no big. That matters in the playoffs. It just does. Especially when you're in a conference with Nikola Jokic.
0: That's
1: a good point. Like... Yes, Kawhi's playing lights out. Yes, the Clippers look incredible. They look amazing. Again, seven-game series, your weaknesses are on full display, and some weaknesses you just can't overcompensate for. Like the Suns' weakness of being top-heavy and old, that's really going to be on display in a seven-game series.
0: Did you know that that Big three's played more games together than, uh, than that's Big 3 ever did?
1: You're lying. I am not. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's perfect.
0: I am not lying. That is perfect. I uh, <laughs> I regret to inform us all. <laughs> what a disaster. That we were all super right about the Nets thing. <laughs> what an like, abject all disaster. Jokes, all the jokes you guys made in group chats and all the things you said, well, you know, this probably won't work out, but, man, it'd be funny if it didn't. No, we were all right. It didn't, and it didn't in, like, some of the most spectacular fashion. Ben Simmons is still trying to – like. I don't know. Ben Simmons is still a thing. This is ridiculous. Um. Let's get out of the NBA because otherwise I'm going to sit here and tell Doc Rivers jokes. Like the fact that his ex-players call him Glenn on podcasts.
1: That tells you everything you need to know.
0: So so goddamn funny to me. And the fact that they're doing this to like they thought they were like, so they did 14 interviews with uh, Adrian Griffith. They land on him to hire him. Part of it was to appease Giannis. If there's one thing this motherfucker, Doc Glenn's going to do, it's he's going to shit on a star player in the public. And so when he shits on Giannis, not if, when he shits on Giannis during the playoffs, the reaction from this franchise, which has been so transparently and openly playing and groveling towards this dude, as they should, he's an amazing basketball player and a great like asset to like just the profile of Milwaukee as, as a unit. That's going to be a problem, and I'm very excited for it. And I want everyone to know that I said it here today on the 5th of February, 2024. Doc Rivers will throw you on us under a bus. It will go poorly.
1: Yes, and I can't wait for it to happen because it is going to happen.
0: It's going to happen. It always happens. Uh, Let's go to the Super Bowl. First part of the Super Bowl coverage of the week. We're going to have Michael Felder on for Felder Fridays in your ear holes at 730 in the morning on Friday of the Super Bowl. Uh, Very excited to talk about the whole breakdown there with him. But you and I talk football all the time, so I got to know. Is it going to be, who's going to finish the story here? Are we talking about the Niners returning the Bay to excellence and finally proving that Kyle has a brain inside that head of his? Or do we celebrate resounding dominance? Do we crown Patrick Mahomes as the Michael Jordan of his sport and continue to watch him accumulate accolades and, and trophies? How do you think this all shakes out?
1: I think Christian McCaffrey is Super Bowl MVP with 200 rushing yards because Kyle. I have to believe Kyle Shanahan's not an idiot. I have to believe he's not an idiot.
0: Despite all, (laughs) despite all evidence to the contrary, I have to believe he's not stupid. No one has more to lose in this game than I do. No one has made the block of I'm going to ridicule Kyle Shanahan at every goddamn turn more their personality than me. I can't. No. No. They have to lose this game, Jordan. You, the answer is what you said. Like, that's how you do it. Baltimore, you sons of bitches. <laughs> you, ha- you had one job, <laughs> you literally built a team to beat Kansas City. I convinced Mike Bubble, <laughs> kicked out Todd Munkin. I- <laughs> <laughs> no one could prove otherwise. Oh, <laughs> uh, if you're not a Georgia fan, that doesn't make any sense to you. Um. But if you are, you are nodding. <laughs> I th- I got to say, look, man, I know we say we love parody. We love new things. I love a dominant fucking story. I would love for Patrick Mahomes to destroy this team. I would love for his dad to... Beat these DUI charges. I would love for Travis Kelsey and oh, uh, Taylor Swift to kiss in midfield while every angry NFL fan melts down in a pit of their own unrealized potential. I hope all these things happen. I hope the mediocrity of the world eats itself because damn it, I can't have Kyle be smart. Kyle's not smart. His entire thing so, <laughs> that's the other thing is that, like, I told this to Felder or oh, maybe I said it to uh, Jason. My thing is about institutional knowledge. When things get tight, when things get hard, who knows what it's like to be there. We've watched Kyle's brain break at that point every other point of his life except for the last two weeks because their brains broke first. If it becomes a game of chicken, and who's going to blink? Motherfucker, Kyle's going to blink. Andy Reid's barely awake. <laughs> so here's
1: my thing I am not saying Kyle Shanahan is a smart man
0: I'm just saying he he
1: should look at objectively the worst (laughs) pass their worst rush defense in the playoffs and say, oh, I have Christian McCaffrey. I have a pretty decent offensive line. You're going to hand this ball off.
0: If I learned one thing last week, being <laughs> down 7 nothing that Patrick Mahomes it st- stokes a fear in you that you cannot describe because those are not <laughs> the actions of a man who was secure. Those are the actions of a fearful man, giving that boy only six carries. I'm furious. Um, last topic, it's broken through. God damn it. I hate it when wrestling breaks contained. I do. I just, it's like, well, what is happening? I get all these weird texts and, and Instagram things sent to me from like ESPN covering the rock and Cody taking Cody not finishing a story. Ask your question so I can set this up so I can describe what's going on.
1: Okay. I'm gonna set this up a little bit. Last weekend, my little guy wanted to watch the Royal Rumble. So I sat down with him and watched the Royal Rumble. Oh, he 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 absolutely lost it. Bianca Belair, Jay just lifting yeah. those two women up. Jay tossing Nia Jax. Oh, we we had a great time. Um, yep, that's him in the background right there. Um, so I'm now invested, right? I, I saw that with him. I see the storylines. Bailey. I was like, oh, y'all still have Bailey. Awesome. Oh, you let Bailey go to WrestleMania. I am invested. I saw Bailey. You know. Disrupt damage control. I was like, yes, I am in on this story. Also, another thing WWE does its great that you bring up when you talk about comic books, everybody's comic book is somebody's first comic book.
0: I was able to jump into that storyline at its climax and know exactly what, what had been happening. What I am telling people to watch like, I watch Wii 2 and I don't like it as much. I go, imagine everything you're watching is part of, it's all be happening to build the kick-ass promo video. That's only The only thing you're watching is to build the promo video before the match. Well, hey, I jumped into the promo
1: video and I loved it.
0: There you go.
1: So I, I saw what they're building up to again, just because of my knowledge of how the game is the game, I see what they're building up to, and then I hear the new like I heard Seth Rollins was hurt, and I'm like, okay, well he's hurt, they'll figure something out around that. Then I heard CM Punk was hurt, yep. and I thought it was a I thought it was a bit because Drew McIntyre is doing his whole thing. So I'm like, oh, okay, it's a bit, <laughs> and and then I'm like, oh no, he's actually hurt. Like he might not wrestle this year. Hurt. Like oh.
0: Oh, he's out to the he's, he's Survivor Series. It's a,
1: it's, okay. he's, he tore his bicycle. It's bad. Yeah, I'm about to say, he he tore something. That's yeah. serious. So I'm like, okay, well, you know, uh, they've got people on roster. They can shuffle some things around. You know, uh, Damien Priest's got that money in the bank thing. They, they'll figure something out, I'm sure. They, what they decided and what they worked out was, we're going to call Dwayne. That's what they figured out. So I just want to know, am I right to be confused? Because that was very confusing to me. Because knowing what I know about Dwayne and how his bookings work outside of wrestling, I have to imagine that that stays in wrestling. So what are they doing here? Please explain this to me.
0: I'm a man of like many thoughts on this one. So the simplest answer is the Vince news hit. They wanted to move the conversation. The Rock Dwayne just got on the board of a TKO Endeavor. He just got the rights to his name back. There is rumors that part of the deal was this match or this announcement. A lot of things happening backstage. Um, that's the simple answer. My answer goes back to Survivor Series 1997. It goes back to the Montreal Screwjob. The day kayfabe truly died. The day wrestling changed forever. The following Monday, Vince McMahon would come on television and say, Brett screwed Brett. He would reveal himself not only as the announcer, but the owner of the WWF at the time. Thus entering a new stage of neo kayfabe. Where part of the business is following the rumors about the business. I was on PW Torch a couple years ago. I said something to Wade Keller that I think he'd never considered. If they tell you something's happening, you're supposed to know it. And if they know it and they know you know it, they can use it against you. So historically, let's look at this really quickly. WrestleMania 20. Chris Benoit wins the Royal Rumble. Triple H decides he's not prestigious enough. Adds his buddy Shawn Michaels to the match. Triple threat. Everyone rallies behind this underdog who fought his way there. He wins the title. It doesn't go poorly. It doesn't go well down the stretch for Trish Benoit. But for that night, biggest story in professional wrestling. WrestleMania 30. The engineered main event of Randy Orton and Dave Batista is crashed by fan favorite upstart Man of the people, Daniel Bryan, who not only wrestles in the main event, but wrestles in the opening match for the right to get into the main event, thus engendering the fans to him even more. WrestleMania 40. You have a winner of a Royal Rumble who's undeniably – turned himself into a legitimate 2024 white meat baby face. He's kissing babies. He is shaking hands. People are loving him. He's cutting promos at house shows with blind kids in the center of the ring to close the night, Justin. He's a goddamn real-life superhero. They've built him in real time over the last year and a half. And they went out there, and they said, The Rock, take your spot, son. The same meta story that CM Punk had warned about for weeks. But what happened? It's the most disliked video ever in the history of WWE's YouTube. Trending around the world. Hashtag WeWantCody. It's breaking through the wrestling bubble. Is WrestleMania a bigger deal today than it was Friday morning? Yes. Is this... Neo kayfabe? Yes. They're using the attention to garner more attention to get more eyeballs. At the end of the day, professional wrestling is work. It is get the rubes in, in the tent. And there are more rubes paying attention to wrestling right now who are going to watch Cody Rhodes finish the story on night two of WrestleMania in the triple threat main event it's going to matter more than it ever would have before because they have artificially enhanced the already existing babyface heat of young Cody Rhodes. Who's going to finish the story. Who's going to stand up for his father's legacy. It's going to be beautiful. And the fact that they did this in February should tell the answer. We've got two months till mania. Okay. That's my you- that's that's my long form opinion. The short form opinion is interest changed things, the rock sees himself as a savior and is trying to institute his own creative team, including bringing back Ryan, Brian Gerwertz to creative to supersede Triple H, who may be out because of the Vince investigation. Like that's the that's the the like unfun short answer. I prefer the longer answer.
1: Your longer answer makes a lot of sense. I think so too. My because you understand this business far more than I do, I will lean in that direction. My only fear is we, we've we heard the rumors about The Rock in movies of how I can't look bad and I can't lose.
0: I don't think, again, this is me thinking about The Rock from 15 years ago. He understands this business in a way that you or I never will. Right. He's third generation is it probably an ego play to say oh, I'm going to come in and take the belt yeah but would also say that as endeavor tko begins its first true fiscal year as a joint entity to have them a board member holding the title like there are I, there are legitimate business upsides to that too and so i'm not going to pretend like my way is the only way i just think that my way speaks more to what i hope the storytelling concerns of the institution are and even saying that out loud makes me sound stupid so who knows well no that that saying that
1: out loud makes a lot of sense to someone that is just jumping on for the ride because it as someone that enjoys fiction that is a narrative loop right that, that is a narrative loop for the story of Cody Rhodes it's comic books brother it never yeah. ends the illusion of change oh speaking of the illusion of change I, uh, I just finished act two of Spider-Man Speaking of the illusion of change. Of the game? I think yes. So like after this, I'm gonna I'm just gonna finish it because I like I'm I'm at the I'm at that point. And I'm just like, yeah, I just gotta finish this now. It, it's
0: we'll talk later. That's a whole other yeah. podcast. But before yeah, we get out yeah. of here, Justin, tell everyone where they can find you.
1: You can find me on Twitter at LJ90. You can find Three Fifths Podcast wherever you get your podcast. You can find me on ADD space on occasion. You can find me here on occasion. And, yeah, that's it. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for
0: coming on. Uh, Again, we're going to have Felder back on on Friday for Felder Fridays to give us our second part of our Super Bowl preview. Got a taste of you here today. That was your show. There is no outro. See you guys later this week.